Black Equity listeners, we are here for another great episode, episode 181. Uh, The last episode, we were able to give a direct definition of what's going on with generational wealth. I just wanted to lay out a foundational episode where we at least have the conversation. And now that we've had a conversation about generational wealth, it's time for us to sit down with my good friend, Nicole Kearney of Sip and Share Wines and have a conversation while we talk about wealth and and have all the great conversations about building legacy. Now we get to sit down with a a wine company owner, a black wine company owner. And this is going to be a tremendous conversation, so much so that you know what I got to do. We're going to go ahead and cut this up into two parts because I want you to really take in this first episode and then we're going to get into an even deeper uh, conversation on the second episode. So without further ado, let's sit down. Let's talk about wine and the business around it. Welcome, Black Equity listeners. We are back for another great episode. I have my good friend with me here. Nicole, are you there? I am. Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome to Black Equity. I know we've uh, we've known each other for quite some time now. I'm glad we finally have you on the show. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, we want to get straight to your company and learning more about all the great things you have going on. Introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about you. So my name is Nicole Kearney. Um, my company is Sip and Share Wines, and we're based um, in Indianapolis, Indiana. So we're in the Midwest. And um, we're a micro winery. So we produce a variety of artisanal vegan wines because all wines are not vegan. I'll come back to that one. Um, And we're very passionate about creating community um, with our wine. And so we do that, especially with wine lovers who are often um, underrepresented, overlooked and undervalued by the wine industry, which is typically black and brown um, individuals. And we just, our wine, um, we want to make wine fun. So our wine is fun, it's approachable, and it's made to really sip and share for people. And so it's available um, on our website, uh, sipandsharewines.com. And we have a wine club, which we're really launching um, this September. We're really kicking it off um, to really increase our membership. So we're just, um, we're about fun and community. That's really, I say community, culture, and uh, celebration. I love it. So let's let's take one step back, maybe a couple steps back. Okay. You are a black-owned wine company. Is, is that the correct way to put it? That is the correct way to put it. Yes. Now, for many people that are listening, maybe they don't realize it. Maybe they maybe they're learning it now. To me, that's groundbreaking. Yeah. And. Is, is Am I just, you know, feeling like it's groundbreaking because I'm not familiar with it? Or is this an everyday thing? Are there a lot of Black-owned wine companies? So now there's about 30 um, across the country. Or no, I'm sorry. It's probably about 100. When I started looking into this industry, there was maybe about 30. So um, it's still, we're still a small, you know, microcosm of the industry. Right. And so, yeah, we're not, we're, we're still, I say we're unicorns. Right. Right. And, and trailblazers. And, in many and absolutely. Um, there's 
far less women um, in the industry. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's men and then it's kind of like any industry kind of fragmented by, um, you know, there's, we have the entertainers who have wine brands and then we have folks who are farmers um, who basically are doing it from grape to glass. And then folks like myself who are kind of in the middle, um, we're buying our grapes and producing our own wine. Okay. So with this being a industry that is, uh, that causes for trailblazers, what caused you to say, Hey, I'm going to jump into this and I want to be a part of this. What, what sparked that interest for you? So when I kind of got into, um, I was always drinking wine and in graduate school kind of really got into, I guess the other side, looking at, you know, how wine is made the real, the backside, I call it of wine. And just, um, I'm a writer by trade. So kind of how we, we were discussing our writing, you know, our family, our lives, that's the, that was the impetus and seed of sip and share. Cause what we were doing was sipping wine, um, and sharing. So that became the impetus. And then as I moved forward, I asked the question, um, which I ask in a lot of areas of my life, well, where are the black people at in this industry? Did a Google mm. search. And like I said, about 20, 30 names came up and I'm like, wow, you know, and then really dug into some of the statistics and looked at how much money that um, we as a culture spend um, on wine. And I'm like, okay, so um, this is an inequitable balance. Like we are spending a huge amount of money, but we are buying from folks who don't look like us. And we're buying from a lot of mass market produced wine on top of that. And so most mass market wine includes um, they clear when you clear your wine. So when you buy the wine and it's that pretty clear see-through bottle, you can see through it. Um, that's called the fining process. And most companies use egg white, um, crustaceans. They use uh, fish bladder, gelatin, which is made from pork. So I was like, wow, um, I don't eat pork. So I was like, woo, you know, I'm right. really, you know, it's not in it, but they use it to clear it. So it's still not left in it. But if you're kind of a diehard person, you're kind of like, especially a diehard vegan, you're like, I don't want that. So we were like, we could do this better um, or not better. We can just do this. And so we um, created our wines to be vegan. So we just use clay. And I have a huge um, proportionate amount of friends who are vegan. So I was like, hey, we have vegan wine, but you can drink. And they were like, bet, because we can't get this on the shelf. So that also put us, you know, in another kind of smaller uh, minority because people don't see vegan or don't equate veganism with um, black folks as well. Right. Right. Well, let me jump on that. Cause I know somebody's listening to this right now and they're saying, wait, is vegan, is it going to have the taste that I need it to have? What, what have been, what has been the feedback of the difference between, I guess, quote unquote, regular wine and vegan wine? Is there any difference to the taste? Is the taste better? What have you, what have you, what has been the feedback you've heard? It's a lot lighter and cleaner than what you would get um, from your, your the grocery stores or big, I would say the big chain uh, winemakers because they use a lot of processing. They're making, you know, hundreds and thousands of cases of wine where we're making small batch. Um, ours is a small batch at a time. Everything is hands on that we're doing. We don't have any machines. It's literally um, handcrafted by us. So our wines are a lot lighter, a lot cleaner. 
and we have fantastic feedback. Um, if anybody follows us on um, at Sip and Share Wines on our Facebook page, we have a video of a woman that's up that tried our wine when we were at Essence Fest, and she's literally doing a whole like karate kick and and breaks out into a whole dance. So, I mean, that right there is testimony, and really, that's just if for some reason it's being reshared again, but. That's a testimony yeah. to um, our wine is great. Um, I drink everything I make. Um, we don't make anything too super sweet. Um, we don't make anything too super dry. So we have, and we make seven different, um, our mainstay collection is um, our seven word wine. So we have something for everyone. I love it. So let's let's jump into both of those different ideas. First one being, what are the seven different words and why are these words existing? Where did this idea come from? So the words really came from really thinking about where we are kind of like in the state of, of our community and our society. And, you know, a lot of it's, you know, what, what's going on in our news is it's, it's depressing. I mean, for lack of a better word. And right. so I wanted to give us something that was kind of more dynamic and something to look forward to. And then as a writer, I really believe, you know, words have power. And so the wines are kind of an extension of that words are power. So our words are intention, manifest, conjure, gratitude, love, awaken, and abundance. So seven words that really have a um, a specific energy and vibration to them. And so we want people when they think about that wine that, you know, they really like love, like then you're getting that white Ziffindale, it's love. And when you drink it, you feel the energy um, and the love that's being put into um, every wine we make. So we, I listen to different things when we're making the wine. So it depends. Some people have told me, um, I was in Chicago and a lady was like, I just really feel like this, I don't know, like a bounce energy when I'm drinking. This. I was like, oh, you got Missy Elliott. Yeah, that was the Elliot day, you know. And so, depending upon how people react, you know, we right. can tell, you know, what somebody drank. Like, oh, you know, it's mellow and smooth. Yeah, we were listening to Miles Davis and Terrence Blanchard. That was an all jazz day. Right. So, you know that that's we want people to get that. It's an experience when you drink it. It's not just I bought this bottle. Is I bought this bottle, I want to, you know, put somebody on and tell them, hey, there's black winemakers, you know, and it's got this word. And, you know, let's talk about um, I had a lady who was like, I don't know what I want to drink, but I feel like I need to manifest something. So I'm going to drink that today. Right, right, right. I think that's I think that is an awesome concept. Now, wait, just just for my own personal uh, curiosity, uh, which wine or what type of wine goes with abundance? So abundance is a sweet red. Oh so, yeah! Now we talk. I knew it. I knew that was for me. That was for me. Right. We we kind of thought about you know what people think like abundance. Right. You know, it's it's you know it's red. It's a lot. You know, it's it's kind of sweet. It's smooth. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we were like, we're going to give, yeah, we're going to, you know, that's going to be that abundance. And so, um, and it comes, the bottles, everything is very um, intentional. The bottle's green and green is a, a color of abundance and prosperity yeah. and wealth. And so um, it has a silver, uh, the label's black and silver. So silver, again, is another color that deals with abundance and prosperity. Right. So everything is very thought through 
um, again, to give people an experience. And then when they, when we're there and they're doing a tasting with us or we'll have a, um, a tasting kit that'll be available by the holiday, then they get, you know, they, they get to give that to their friends and present that experience to them in their own homes. Love it. I love it. And so the second part of what I was going to ask is you have these seven words, you have this wonderful brand. What was it like going to Essence Fest? Was this the first time at Essence Fest or have you already been going to Essence Fest for the last few years? So this was our second year there. So we went um, last year, which we literally started um, our brand. We've been kind of dabbling. We did a test for about 18 months. We did about 20 wines and kind of let folks tell us what we should, you know, what they thought was the best wine. And we narrowed it down to these seven. So last year um, in 2018, we went to Essence. And so we were still like brand new. We were still trying to figure out even what our labeling looked like. Um, And so we, I got there and I was super nervous because I was like, I'm the new kid on the block. I'm the newest brand in the room. I don't know mm-hmm. how people are going to feel, you know, about us. Can we stand up? You know, because it was all black winemakers. And, you know, that was quickly shut down because people were like, you had the best wine in the house. So our wife, wow. which is now Awaken, um, that was like hands down um, the wine. And everybody was like, this is it. You know, this wine is great. We sold out. It was fabulous. We had a great time. Relation. Yeah. So that was, and then this year we kind of went back and again, the, the video of the woman dancing is to awaken <laughs> the same sweet white wine. Right. Um, so hands down again, a crowd pleaser. And we had a great experience. So for us, you know, those were two really good um, experiences. And, and like I said, we travel around the country because our goal is to engage and interact with our customers where they are, get them an opportunity to taste the wine, to meet us and um, we know that it always translates into someone saying, we want to support you. You know, how can we support you? And a lot of times people buy several bottles, which is how we morphed into, we need a wine club so people can still get us when we're not in their city, not traveling um, to meet them. Awesome. So you, you bring up the wine club. People are uh, been listening to this and they're saying, okay, I, I need to figure out. Now, how do I uh, be a part of this? How do I have consistent wine coming in? Not only wine, but vegan wine. So what is that process of uh, becoming a member of the club? What does it look like? Walk me through those steps. So it's super easy. It's free to become a member. So we want you to basically join our community. Um, and you literally go on the website and it says wine club at the top. It's a two-click process. You click wine club. It takes you to the page. Um, we deliver quarterly. So you can pick two four or six bottles. You click which one you want, put in all your information, comes to us, we pack it up, deliver it to you, and it arrives on your doorstep um, every quarter. So every three months after that, if you want monthly, we just have to kind of finagle that because we set it up for quarterly, but we do have a few monthly customers. And then if you kind of go on and you're like, oh, I don't know what I would want to try, because we typically do one sweet, one dry. Um, so, or if it's, four, too sweet, too dry, same thing for six. Um, we have a, we do single serves, which are the size of one glass and you can order a set of single serves. Um, they're $50. You can order a whole set. And then that gives you an opportunity to taste through our entire collection. And then you can be like, okay, now I know what all of them taste like. And then, 
you know, make that commitment to join the wine club. And then we just choose every month. So every month we kind of feature a wine. So you would get that featured wine. So we're going into um, September. Um, I believe our feature is going to be Gratitude. A dry red blend, and it's a Cabernet Sauvignon and a Merlot. So that would be your dry. And then the sweet, um, we, we're winding down summer. So we have a red Moscato that we made for our summer season. And we do, we have artwork on that bottle by um, an artist named Deanna Craig, who's a fantastic um, abstract artist. And so we, um, she's also, um, African-American. So we took her artwork and used it for three, our seasonal series. So yeah, you would get, those are the two bottles you would get. So you get something sweet, something dry delivered to your door. So we, we try to make everything super easy. Our whole website is a two click process. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I really want to go ahead and be a part of this. And I really want that abundance to sneak through yeah. uh, and, and uh, show up at my, my doorstep. So I'm excited about this. Uh, somebody's listening right now who's never even tasted wine. Why is wine culture or drinking wine uh, something that you would encourage people to do? So wine um, brings people together and and that's how we look at it. And wine is also what I call um, the language of, of business. It's the beverage of business. So when you're at a company event or a function, typically wine is served. So having just some basic background knowledge of what, what wine kind of goes best with what, you know, that is, is helpful for people because I tell people you really probably shouldn't order the Henny and Coke because you kind of, you're panicked and you're like, I don't know what this wine menu looks like. So let me go to my old standby. And, you know, everybody else has right. a glass of white or red and you just didn't know um, the basics. So part of that we do is we educate by, you know, giving people some basic tips. You know, white typically goes with your salads and seafoods, you know, your lighter um, fish type items, red, typically anything with red pasta sauce or red meat. And if you're like, you're not, you know, into, a, you know, a, a lot of heavy, dry wines, then a Riesling is always a good option at a restaurant to order. Um, unfortunately, most restaurants don't carry Moscato. That's typically a gateway wine for, for everybody. So um, people drink sweet wine as a starter point. So many of us started further down on the scale. We all know college or our 20s and teens. We did the um, Boone's Farm and, you know, the lower tiered, really inexpensive wine we can get our hand on. And all those are typically sweet because those are, you know, bringing you into the fold. And then as you get older, people's palates typically change. So I'm like, all taste matters. So we, that's why we have something for everyone. But typically, I tell people, go with a Riesling. Um, they're usually in a restaurant on a semi-sweet basis. And that's what we make, a semi-sweet Riesling. And that's usually, you can drink that with anything. It's just kind of your go-to. But but wine really is, um, like I said, that beverage of business. And, and another reason um, one of my customers just shared with me is, um, and I believe I'm going to... Um, champion this for, for um, the book. If people are familiar with the book, the um, love languages, she said, wine is her love language. So I need to like get a petition going. We need to add that in because I believe <laughs> for most women, that is our love language. So for me, when you know people have different 
you know, times they celebrate during the year and, you know, where people say it's chocolate and flowers or customary. No, just bring me wine. I'm often asked, hey, DJ, what are you currently listening to? What is the music you're listening to? What are the podcasts you listen to? You can head over to Instagram at Black Equity Network and you can see the podcast that I'm listening to. I'm always listening to Pillow Talk podcast by Robin E. 93. I'm always listening to Hella Smart Mothers because I feel like they can give me a perspective that I'm not necessarily familiar with. I'm always listening to uh, Better Than You pod uh, where they're able to really dissect and go deeper into topics. Topics uh, that I may just even just touch the, the surface on. And I really love uh, going deeper into the, the perspective. Uh, Real Love 916. I love that that conversation, especially me having this heart uh, for what's going on on the West Coast and being able to uh, listen to Ashlyn give this uh, take on what's going on. So those are some of the podcasts I'm listening to currently. The music that I'm listening to includes uh, Rhapsody's new album, Eve. I love the uh, Raphael Sadiq album. I would definitely tell you to go listen to that. Uh, to me, that is next level. Uh, that is probably my favorite project right now is the Raphael Sadiq album. So those are some of the uh, some of the, the content that I'm listening to. So before we get back into the show, make sure you send me what some of the things that you're listening to. And let's have a discussion on them. Back to the show. Right. Just bring me one. Yeah. I, lo- I love it. Uh, so let's talk about it. If, if it is the beverage of business, let's talk about uh, the world of business. What type of companies are a good match for uh, Sip and Share? What would be a really great strategic partnership for you? Who out there would you love to work with or are already working with in the world of business that you believe uh, would elevate your company? To another level. Well, we're working on that now on um, looking at who would be our ultimate partner. And since we consider our wine an accessible luxury, um, and that is kind of our, our target market, um, our African-American women, that is our prime market. And we're looking for, you know, women that are basically anywhere from that, you know, the millennials, the Gen X, and also the boomers as well. We look at places probably like um, that tier, you know, higher up store. So right now, I don't want to say the store name, but we have a we have a store in mind that we're um, going to begin courting um, to kind of get us out into more of a um, more. Now I won't say mass market, but more again as an accessible luxury. We'll probably never be. Um, actually, I know we will never be in um, a Walmart. So people have asked me that. No, Um, we might not be in a lot of chain liquor stores as well, Um, but maybe some wine shops. We are looking at wine shops that are specifically owned um, by people who look like me. So that's probably where we'll start and restaurants. um, That's kind of where our, our starting point is, is restaurants, bars, you know, jazz clubs of of people who, um, you know, have melanin. And so that's that's really our starting point. I love it. it that's the first thing I thought. I thought uh, the high end jazz club, the high end bar, um, and of course uh, the higher end restaurants, especially those that are black owned, would be great 
uh, pairing uh, with this with with your brand. Uh, so for anyone listening, I encourage uh, them to reach out because I think uh, I think it's a, a marriage uh, made in heaven uh, to bring two different uh, black owned. Uh, companies together that are perfectly matched for one Absolutely. another. Absolutely. And so. we travel. And so we're willing to come out and do that initial um, tasting to, you know, so they can serve their customer base and, you know, give their customer base an opportunity to taste the wine. We do that all the time. And then people are like, oh, I love this. And yet, and then they can actually hear, you know, owners can hear customers' reaction. They can gauge, okay, you know, we kind of keep a tally for them, but they can also gauge, okay, what wine was that that they really like and which one? And then we can show them at the end mm-hmm. of the night. We just kind of make our own little notes and, you know, tick off, okay, what was that and how many did we pour? And then we can tell them, so this is what your customer base liked, you know, on this particular night, say it's a, a Thursday night or a Friday night. And then that can help them when they're thinking about their order. Then they can be like, okay, yeah, I want to order all of those and maybe throw in a couple others, you know, that they may, you know, have a preference for. We have a a club owner, jazz club owner. He has a preference for dry red. So he's always like, I need you to like always give me a couple extra of those. So, yeah, we we do that because we know what people want to taste the wine before they commit to it, which is, I mean, that's human nature. We like to try and test things before we actually commit to them. Another place that I'm thinking that I've been going to a lot of uh, African-American museums, art museums, and they always have these type of events uh, throughout the week or uh, during the month where uh, it's basically networking and gathering together. I'm not sure how they uh, go about, you know, getting their uh, different beverages and, and different things that they bring on. But I also can see that as a really great pairing as well. And that is an excellent idea and one we hadn't thought of. So I'm I'm taking that note right now. I'll, I'll give that one yes, away for free. I I'll give that one away. That. I love strategic partnerships. I, I'm, I'm located in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, immediately what comes to mind is the Gantt Center. Uh, it's an African-American museum, and they have events all the time uh, throughout the week and then on the weekend as well. Some are more kid-related, so I'm not sure you know it would be a good pairing there. But uh, for the adult types of things, especially when they're featuring art or they're talking about poetry nights, different things like that, it just makes perfect sense for your brand to be sitting right there in front of me, with especially with the different words uh, and the different elements in which you are vibrating on. So I can see that perfectly aligning with your brand. And you know that is, I'm glad you said that because we have. Um... You know, we have the DuSable Museum that's in Chicago. So this is now on my mm-hmm. list. Um, yes, because I hadn't even thought of that. And so, yeah, that is now. And if you, need to, if you need assistance in that, let me know, because I've been investing in art tech for quite some time. So if there's anything you need as far as, uh, you know, just getting somebody on the phone or having those types of conversations, uh, sometimes me just being able to speak to someone may be able uh, to leverage just a little bit of an opportunity, even if it's not right away, maybe it could be something in the future. Cause you know, I'm looking at everything as exactly. long term. How, exactly, how do we figure out, you know, what we can do, even if it's not now, but two or three years from now, as we're, you know, growing and expanding, let's look at these opportunities as they come. And that's what we're, we're in this for the long haul um, and longevity and legacy. So I think a lot exactly. of us, um, especially African-Americans that are in the wine business now, um, for many of us, 
we're still in the first generation of it. And so um, a lot of folks, as we've, I've had conversations, um, family members aren't taking it over, which is really sad. Um, so a lot of folks are um, selling land they had and they're making plans to, you know, when they transition off this planet, the business kind of goes with them unless they have a spouse who will continue until they leave. So um, trying to figure out how to integrate family members into the business. For me, my family's pretty much all on board. Um, my children, when they're on break from college, they participate, they do events, um, they come help out, you know, making the wine. So I do um, have that, you know, family participation. And then I have friends who are advisors, you know, and so I'm gearing my children to be, my, my children told me they're probably never going to make, a, you know, wine. That probably will be something they never do. But my daughter has a hospitality background, so she can manage a lot of front of the house stuff. And my son is um, in, in money and finance and actuarial. Um, so they'll be able to handle the financial stuff and the hospitality. So I'll have the front and the back of the house kind of covered um, for them to take over, even if it's just in that, um, you know, high level C-suite capacity, exactly. but at least it can stay in our family um, and continue on. So that's what I also, you know, think that a lot of us haven't thought about again, because our children, you know, unfortunately, as you know, African-Americans, we moved away from our agricultural roots. Um, we, you know, went north, everybody migrated north. A lot of us are now coming back to the south and kind of reclaiming, you know, we're, we're growing, we're farming. So we're kind of reclaiming those roots. And so that for us is kind of the goal where we'll eventually be that great to glass that um, every hand that touches it is someone who looks like us. And we're just re regenerating money um, and recircling money back into our community. And and that for us is, is super important, um, you know, at, for our long term growth. I agree. And something you just touched on that that. Uh, touch my soul is and I just want people to hear this. You can own uh, any asset, but you don't necessarily have to exactly. operate it. And, and so, and, and for something else you were saying too, about passing it on, I would say about 75% of the clients I work with, as far as in the private equity space, when someone is looking to sell their company, uh, I would say 75% of them are selling to me because they do not have anyone to pass it on to. And they really want to make sure that uh, someone of their culture is going to own it and operate it, you know, the right way. And so I understand exactly what you mean. If you can keep it in the family, hey, let's keep it in the family. Uh, if not, let's also make sure that we're working with uh, companies who are going to cherish uh, legacy brands. And so that's something else uh, that I, I pride myself on because I understand that it's not always uh, going to be passed down to family. Sometimes they may have the family to pass it down to, but those people aren't business minded or not under, you know, they don't understand how to uh, run a business and that was never passed down. That knowledge and the wisdom wasn't passed down. So uh, if you are going to sell your company, everyone listening, it's okay to work with uh, another uh, black investor who can, uh, you know, acquire your company and then still keep that same integrity of the originality of the brand. And that's so crucial because we do know um, a lot of people are opting for cash payouts, which I don't knock anyone. They're opting for cash payout. Um, and that does put them in a better position. Um, and I am seeing people who are then going back and reinvesting 
um, in other businesses um, and folks who look like them. And so people have asked me that, like, what would I do if XYZ company came and offered me, you know, obscene amount of money? You know, would I take it mm-hmm. and just chill or would I keep it? And I was like, um, I don't know. It, it, you know, I really have to see what that leadership looks like. Um, there's a couple companies. The leadership is uh, changing. It is it's browning um, significantly. So it would depend on who I would have to, you know, handle my portfolio. And I would still need to have a team in place of people who um, live and execute the values um, that we have. And then it was like, would you start something else? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm a creative, so I'm pretty sure, you know, I would start something else. And, you know, and, and I mean, it's done all the time. In the wine world, I mean, there, there's, you know, a guy out here, he's now, I think, on his fifth or sixth wine company, and he sold them all mm. for no less, I think, than $30 million. And, you know, he wow. just keeps making them, and people, you know, let him rack it up and, and you know, get the sales, and then they come through and say, hey, let me buy that one from you. So, I mean, it's it's customarily done um, – you know, it's, it's, you know, and, and people don't understand in the wine world and in the beer world as well, that um, it's called aggregation. So when you go and you're in, you know, wherever you purchase your wine and you see, you know, you say, oh my gosh, there's like 20 different ones and it's so overwhelming. Those 20 different brands are owned by now probably 10 to 12 companies. So it's not right. all these multiple companies you see, it's, no, 10 or 12 companies. And they're just continuing to make those brands under those names, under those labels. But if you turn the bottle over, you're going to see, oh, it's that company. Oh, it's that company. And it's the same people. So yeah, so wine is a very um, consolidated business, you know, just like most. There's there's a handful of distributors. And that's the other thing. People who want to get into the wine world, um, Similar to what you said, you don't have to own the company. You don't have to work in it to own it. Well, you don't have to be on a front end to be in an industry. One of the things that we are sorely lacking is distribution companies that um, are for the culture, about the culture, by the culture. There are a handful um, in this industry. And when I look at the ones that are huge and multi, you know, um, across the country, yeah, they're not looking like us, so they don't pick up small brands. So I'm, you know, there's conversation. I'm in a Black Wine Lovers group on Facebook. Um, and there's folks that are, you know, looking at how they can distribute um, a lot of the small boutique brands, because that's what we are um, across the country. And many people don't even want to be distributed because just the headache and the paperwork. So a lot of people are like, I'm in my state or I'm in these couple states that surround me. So a lot of people aren't, you know, making on the West coast and in stores on the East coast, because it is, it takes a lot of paperwork, a lot of time. And kind of, we talked prior to this, um, we ship almost everywhere, but there's some States we just can't like Delaware doesn't allow it. Kentucky doesn't allow it. And some States are so cost prohibitive for us. We don't have enough customer base for us to say, oh, we're going to pay X number of dollars because you pay every year. You pay for a license every year to ship into that state. So you have to exceed that amount um, to, to get that license. So I tell people, 
the more people like we can get joined in our wine club, the more people who can tell us, hey, like you just said, I you know, know this place. It might be a good fit for you. Can I help make a connection? Then we can expand our reach because um, our goal is to be that brand that is um, across the country. And we want to be that brand that's accessible to people at wherever you typically go for your you know, evening meal, your nightlife or even some of your um, kind of everyday staples that's, you know, again, on that accessible luxury. Let's stop the conversation right here and let's go ahead and head over right now to sipandsharewines.com. We're going to go ahead and put the link in the description because I want everyone to go check out the wine club and see, well, what is what is this wine club and how do I get a, uh, be a part of it? So it's going to be very important to be a part of this wine club as we get into part two of this conversation. Uh, so come back tomorrow. Let's get into part two. Thank you for joining us today. And click the link that's in the show notes. And let's get started learning more about the wine club.